once said, "'Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free." Matthew, hello, welcome back to the show. You know, it'd be a shame, though, hmm. if, you know, if you only did stand-up, because for me, Eric Andre's stand-up, it doesn't, it doesn't hold the candle to his, his, you know, he's got a still in editing. stand-up sucks, man, it's shit. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I only saw that one special, but that's his, it was just, I, I don't know, it was just, there was lacking just that factor, you know, and I'm finding this a lot, I find this a lot with comedians i like actually for example i like donald glover i mean he's good in community atlanta's pretty funny and and then i watched his uh 2012 stand-up weirdo and it's kind of sucks and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like a comedic culture thing where you have to do stand-up to get your start in comedy or something like Probably. that but sometimes it just seems like people aren't cut out for it and they just need to stick to like writing and you know producing and etc cetera, etc cetera. That's Eric how Andre, got her start. Well, she had a sitcom, right? No, she did stand-up. Oh, yeah, yeah. She she had a... You're right. You're right. Yeah, she did stand-up first. I heard... Her, I know some of her stand-up is, like, well-received, but, I mean, that doesn't even mean anything. I'm pretty sure Mr. Seinfeld is well, has well-received stand-up comedy. I mean, he's famous, and he got his own show. Shit. Na- Shit. His own show named after him. You know, that's, it is what it is. Decent show, though. It's not too bad. If someone said, hey, let's watch Seinfeld, I'll watch Seinfeld. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld, I'll say this, is that he put his name on the show, but the show is not about him. He's like the least interesting character. It's about Kramer. You know, it's about Costanza. It's about Elaine. That's the heart of Seinfeld. Who's uh, the bald dude? With the gl- with glasses? Yeah. <laughs> That's George Costanza. Oh, I just know him from him holding a baseball bat on Fortune. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, choked on my water here. Might have <laughs> some breathing problems going forward. Anyway, enough about Seinfeld, because you know that's that's not a cult show. That's just too popular. We're not going to talk about it. Maybe, maybe one day we'll talk about uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, because I would classify that as a cult show. Maybe. And that's also, you know, Larry David, so. Did Larry David write Seinfeld? He was co-creator with uh, Jerry. It was a team project. Did Jerry write all the episodes? He didn't write all the episodes. Uh, I think, I don't know who wrote all the episodes, right? I think it was mostly, I think it was just the both of them and then, like, you know, a lot of treatment people or whatever. Hmm. Or guest writers and such. Well, we're not talking about Seinfeld today. Or ever. We'll see. We're talking... Well, I mean, we talked about him a few fucking episodes. Or last episode. Well, yeah, but that was... that. I'm, we're not talking about Seinfeld the show, is what I'm saying. Okay. We, well, there's too much discussion about that online anyway. And I, I'm tired of Seinfeld memes. We're talking about a different movie. It's a science fiction movie. Lucas, what movie is it? Dark Star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, this is the uh, feature directorial debut of the one and only Mr. Carpenter, you know, king of the cult films. He's a chill guy. Friend you of know, the show. He make... Friend of the show. Um, you know, he's we've had, we talked to him about being on the show, but it's, 
you know, he's got commitments, and the thing is, right now, he really wants, um, you know, he's he's got some things to focus on. But he said it'll be, a, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, he's just kind of busy right now, but he'll get around to it. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's too busy. I mean, what does he even do now? I don't think he makes movies, does he? No, he just what? reels in those bucks. What was his last? His last film was in 2010. And it was... Oh, sorry. No, uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, did he produce uh, Halloween 2018? Um, executive produce, which means Ooh. basically... I, Which means so little. <laughs> it means so little that it's basically... He got money, I guess, probably just to read the script and be like, all right, that's, that's, that's yeah, it's a movie. Go ahead and make it. <laughs> I mean, like Stan Lee executive produced like the Marvel movies. Like, you know, Did he didn't he? do shit. Yeah. I never knew mm-hmm. that. But like, it's so insignificant. That's not important. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We're talking about Dark Star. What's Dark Star about? Tell him. Um, yeah, for those listening who didn't watch it or haven't seen it, it's basically, uh, well, I guess you already said, yeah, John Carpenter's directorial debut. It was just his, his, you know, movie that he made with his his buddy (laughs) Dan O'Bannon when they were in fucking college or whatever. Um, it's about these little nimwits, these little ninnies traveling in space and... I don't even know what their... I forget what their mission was. Um, but Their mission... Oh, sorry. I can... Sorry, go ahead. Their mission is to... They work for some unknown federation or something. Yeah. And their mission is just... They've been on, in space for 20 years, and it's just to blow up on, quote-unquote, unstable planets. Right, right. Um, yeah. and, and that's just their whole job. They just drop massive bombs that destroy whole planets. And they just, that's basically all they live for. They're just looking for excuses at every corner to to blow up a planet. Like, one of them is like, man, I hope you find intelligent life out here. And he's like, shut up with that bullshit. Let's, <laughs> let's dr- drop a fucking bomb already. Let's get on with it. That's like, especially Doolittle. He's, he's kind of like the leader of the mission, I suppose. Yeah, because um, it starts off with the commander or whatever dying like they did with Day of the Dead. Just, oh, commander's dead. I'm in charge now. He's a big. He's a he's a Bob Ross looking motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, but he he doesn't have the same warmth because he's he's fiending to blow up some planets. I mean, you know what? If you're out in space and your job's to blow up planets, you know it doesn't look like they have much entertainment where they're at. So I mean, that's probably the kind of fireworks show you can get, right? Pretty much. And then other than that, really, what we have here is just kind of a comedy movie. There isn't like a huge overarching plot or anything like that. It's just, uh, you get little comedy segments here and there, and I guess like sort of a narrative strung throughout, but that's kind of it. Like they go through this meteor storm, these meteors connected through electromagnetic radiation or whatever the uh, Star Trek computer <laughs> said. Um, and it's the HAL computer. The Hal meets the Star Trek computer because she has like a sexy voice. I'm sure that was Star Trek related. And then they go through <laughs> this this storm and it breaks uh, some laser. And then they're throughout the movie. They're like, oh, we should go check on that. I'm like, oh, we'll do it later. 
we'll do it when it matters, when it breaks down, um, or when it becomes a problem. And that's kind of it. And then they have these bomb, this bomb computer. That's all like the butter computer in Rick and Morty. His job is to just blow up. And then all the bombs, all the bombs are like, are AI. So they all have not really personality, but they're all intelligent. Yeah. And, and it's malfunctioning throughout the movie too. And then you get a nice finale at the end. Uh, this movie, it was pretty cool. Uh, there are parts of it that I liked. There were parts of it that were supposed to be funny and they weren't. But there were parts of it that were supposed to be funny and there were. Um, and it also made me appreciate uh, Star Wars a bit more, if that was even possible. 77. Because I was watching this movie, and this movie is made in 74. And there's so many effects in this movie where I look at it and I'm like, wow, that is really fucking bad. <laughs> that is really terrible and well you know the thing with this movie is that i think the budget was really low um i was reading up on the film and john carpenter said um i thought this was an interesting little tidbit he talked about the film he said it was the first bad review he got because this movie was poorly received initially um yeah. it was just a small little picture it's not very terribly long um the budget on this was sixty thousand, so it was like basically like a, a slightly expensive student film. Carpenter said, quote, this is the first bad review I got. And he said that he described the film as a limp parody of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 that warrants attention only for some remarkably believable special effects achieved with very little money. So I thought that was funny that uh, the effects, and I agree with you to this, I would say at this point in time have aged uh, pretty bad. There are some stark visuals that are like, you know, there's uh, there's some stuff in the film I like visually. I think given what they have uh, in terms of budget, uh, they did a pretty decent job. Like, uh, Sorry, hello? Did, did you cut out there? Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, you go ahead. Yeah, so I mean the the visuals they like they look pretty bad. Like the whole um, storm sequence looks so bad, and then when they're <laughs> first flying away from the first bomb that they detonate, uh, they're traveling at warp speed or light speed or hyper speed, whatever, some speed, some super fast speed, ludicrous speed, uh, and it's basically the ship on the on this black backdrop and then there's like purple lines just like darting across and it looks like so shit it looks like they made this stop motion in like paint and just letting it fly it looks so so bad and i i always wonder like when i go look back at old movies like black and white movies and i see the effects i'm like were these good for the time and then this movie kind of served as a litmus test uh, for like what was the effects that they were trying to do around the same time that Star Wars came out. Star Wars just blows on fuck out of the water. Obviously, it had a higher budget, but this movie isn't an Eraserhead. It's not a THX. It's pretty. It is pretty mediocre. Um, the acting in it at times is just so shit. It's, I agree. I agree to it completely, and I want to talk about the acting. Yeah. Uh, one quick. 
One, one quick one quick thing I want to say about um, the effects is that in particular, there's this little alien monster in this yep. movie. Um, and there's this extended sequence in this film um, so that kind of starts... I was going to say, it kind of serves as like a microcosm of my problems with this film mostly, is that you have this whole sequence where Pin actually this little dweeb on the ship. He likes to play practical. He pulls out uh, these googly eye glasses. That's Dan. Dan? Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon, yeah, and he wrote uh, Alien, right? Yeah, he wrote Alien, he did Heavy Metal, he did some work on Star Wars, he's been fucking around, man. He did. <laughs> he also wrote and directed Return of the Living Dead, which was also, was also a really good movie. But um, he has this extended sequence uh, where he has to chase this pet alien that he just, that he convinced the crew to pick up. The alien is basically this beach ball that looks like color-wise like someone puked on it and it's got duck feet. Yeah, it looks like it has herpes and has duck feet. It looks like total crap and not crap in like a charming, low-budget, lo-fi kind of way, just crap in a crap way. Yeah. Then you have this extended sequence in which he's chasing this alien and there's so many the problems i have with this sequence are my big problems with the film number one the pacing in it in it is abysmal it's you're just kind of it's you really come to appreciate pacing in a film when you're watching a film and you think to yourself in the middle of the proceedings of the film something needs to happen now besides what's happening let's get on with it seriously like that is something very basic and you know, that's something you take advantage or you take for granted in, in well-paced films, which are usually, you know, something that are done at the hands of experienced directors. And I'll give, you know, John Carpenter a little slack because I guess this was his first movie. But the pacing is terrible. It's not very funny. And the thing we didn't talk about in, in terms of Dark Star is that it's a sort of sci-fi comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of a dark comedy in a sense, um, or at least you could say the su- humor in it is a bit more subtle or a little more visually oriented perhaps than like a traditional comedy film. There aren't exactly wisecracks or anything like that. Not too many, at least. There are some little jabs and barbs here. But in this sequence, it's not funny. It's not particularly tense. I did read, and it is funny to mention this, but... Dan O'Bannon got the apparently idea for the whole movie Alien based on this little sequence. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 terribly long. It's unfunny. And those are my major problems with the film because as a comedy for me, it doesn't really succeed because there's not enough jokes, number one, and they don't land as well as they need to for it to be a strong comedy. And then science fiction-wise, it's sort of just a mediocre picture that really only has one interesting idea, which I'll talk about later, because it's at the ending of the film. There are some jokes like that I thought were pretty funny. Like, there's this one scene where the, the three guys, fucking what, uh, Doolittle, what's his name, Pinhead or whatever? Uh, pinback. Pinback, and who was the other one? A boiler is uh is like the shaggy looking guy who's yeah who's kind of a dim witted. And Pinback's just talking about some story when they were first cadets or whatever, and then Boiler goes, Didn't he tell us this four years ago? And that was just <laughs> so funny because they've been spending so many years together and saying like 
probably the same stories over and over again that he can remember it. And he's like, didn't he tell us this four years ago? And he's like, oh, maybe it was five years ago. And they're just like roasting him over this stupid story that they remember how many years ago he told it. Like that, that was so funny. Um, I love the intro sequence of this movie, which is just this Jagoff commander talking to them about... Uh, He's like, oh, keep up the good work. And he's like, sorry about the radiation, but uh, we're not sending you any new shielding. Keep up the good work, though. We'll know we know you'll pull through. Uh, that stuff was hilarious. Uh, that was a that was a very promising intro because based on that, I thought it was gonna get a sort of militaristic like satire. Yeah, kind of the vein of like a Starship Troopers, but it's you know like space oriented, of course, sci fi. Um, and I thought it, this movie was also gonna be like maybe a. Um, not that I'm disappointed that wasn't, but a, a stoner flick or something, because the poster <laughs> for it says, like, the Spaced Out Odyssey, and I thought maybe it was going to be something like that, but it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't at all. You were disappointed in the lack of space weed? Is that what it was? And Romulan Ale and, and fucking... Romulan Kush. <laughs> yeah, Twilight Kush. But, the, yeah, I don't know. It's As a movie overall, there are some stuff that, like, in... I'm glad you mentioned the title sequence because that was a funny contrast. It's basically just uh, a, the whole credit sequence of the film overlaid on top of just footage of them working. Uh, and there's this just twi uh, this twee country song that's playing in the back background. I think it's called Benson, Arizona. Written by the music's also done again by John Carpenter. Yeah, who uh, is a very talented uh, musician. I'm starting to find through our reviews, considering he also not only made this pretty good song and he also of course did the score for halloween and and other films too so he's, he's a talented guy yeah okay this isn't his best um there is some other uh visual humor wise there is some other good stuff i, I like the this is like very very subtle um the ship's just like really abrupt way of stopping um there's just i think that was intended to be humorous uh, like it just will stop on a dime kind of thing, mm -hmm. and and the way the ship is just positioned in the screen sometimes is done in a very humorous way. Uh, I like when they entered their sort of their bedroom and it looks like a prison cell. The common dungeon, have, yeah. They have all over the walls, <laughs> and then Boiler wrote the big Boiler over <laughs> top of his bed, and it looks terrible. Uh, there are some good stuff in that regard, and visually. Some of the effects, like special effects, I suppose, are bad. But I think that set-wise, this is a pretty well-designed film. I like the way the computer looks. I like the interior of the ship. I like all the sort of um, interfaces um, and and you know like touchscreen stuff on their on their inter on I don't know their command consoles, I suppose, and all the buttons and stuff like that. I think it looks good in that regard, and I think the ship is pretty decently designed. Uh, but you're right that the special effects, like anything that's really taxing or anything that costs a lot of money was, has not aged well at all. It probably wasn't even good then either. Yeah, I love that old sci-fi set look where it's just lights flashing, multicolored lights, and they also have that sort of sci-fi background chatter going, going throughout the whole movie, like the... All that sort of stuff is happening in the background. And all that stuff just gets me riled up, gets a dopamine firing. Uh, I, I love all that stuff. It's just so cheesy and 
so nonsensical. And I love to like um, all the shots in the movie of just black touch screens with random text on it. Uh, I think all that stuff looks, I don't know. It just looks so good to me. It looks pretty good. So, like, it's a visually dis—it's a pretty visually distinct film in that regard, and I think Carpenter did a, a decent job. Like, I think the camera work in this isn't too bad, but I think one of the, like the worst parts of this film again is like the script. I think. Yeah. Number one, the plot in this is like n almost non-existent. The thing is, this is a very short film, and a big portion of the film are these like almost mini SNL-style sketches where you just have like a little back and forth joke or something like that and the characters don't actually do too much in this mm -hmm. um and not only that but they're not really developed in any way they're all pretty flat um there isn't the only ones with like actual character arcs i suppose is this one guy who <laughs> funnily enough kind of looks like uh hairstyle wise anyway like a young version of uh, stanley kubrick <laughs> talby uh, talby is his name he has. A, I thought he was going to be an engaging character. Basically, he likes to stay up in his navigation dome just to look at the stars. Uh, apparently, because Commander Powell's death really shook him. Mm -hmm. um, he's okay, and he has a little relationship with Doolittle. But other than that, all the characters are pretty flat. And they all do not an admirable job of acting here. Doolittle, in particular, I think is really, really bad. So shit. Uh, Pinback is, uh, like, mediocre. Nobody here really gives an interesting performance. You're not going to attach yourself to any of the characters, and that's not only just because the characters aren't really developed in any way or really given any personality. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of... It's just really amateur. Like, there's this one extended scene of Doolittle and Talby talking... And it just goes on for a while. And I, that was a scene that really highlighted to me, like, wow, these guys suck. <laughs> um, and uh, pacing wise, I don't know if it's pacing or acting, but there's one scene too where um, Pinback is messing with Doolittle and Boiler in the room. And it's just so unfunny. Like, he, he just goes up to Boiler with those old kind of goofy glasses where it springs on the lenses and the eyes kind of dangle out. And then he goes up to him and he's like, boo, or whatever. And Boiler's like, yeah, he doesn't even care. And then he goes up to Doolittle and takes it like a rubber chicken. And then Doolittle just has like, maybe it was supposed to be funny, but he just has like this huge overreaction to it. And I'm like, whew, that was bad. And I, I don't know if it was pacing or acting on that one. It, it's just a combination in that regard. Like, the acting is poor, the joke isn't executed that well, and it's not particularly original. And it's just, in that way, the movie is just really flat. Like, there isn't really any sort of peak comedically or plot-wise or anything. It's just sort of a, a mediocre film throughout with not a lot of bright spots in it. I really like the end. The ending was kind of abrupt and funny, and I, I kind of, I really like the writing at the end. Honestly, um, just gonna jump to it, I guess. So, uh, Talby, I think it was Talby, goes down to fix the laser, whatever. Goes blind. He's hanging out in this chamber, and then while that's happening, the bomb, which they kind of set this thing up earlier, the the, the bomb AI is told to drop down, and then the sexy computer lady 
uh, says, hey, go back up. And he's like, I was told to go down. And she's like, well, I'm telling you it was a mistake, so get your ass back up. And he says, look, this is the last time I'm doing it. Next time <laughs> I come down, I'm going off, basically, is what he says. And then, so while Tabby's messing around with the laser or whatever, the bomb goes down again, and they're like, hey, buddy, get back up. And he's like, nah, I'm detonating in 12 minutes. And they're like, dude, please. Like, it was just a mistake, please. And he's like, it wasn't a mistake. Like, I received the message. And they're like, please, just, I, we, we're going to die. He's like, hey, I got the message. I'm <laughs> My hands are tied. I'm going off. So, um, Doolittle straps up in one of the worst um, spacesuits ever with the cupcake tin strapped to his belly. And he's in a fishbowl that barely covers his eyes. So if he ever had to look down, he would have to bend all the way down. Uh, and he goes out of the ship, goes to the bomb, and just talks to it. Uh, and then they had this philosophical... Uh, conversation where Bomb says, I think, therefore I am. And Talby says, how do you know um, stimuli outside of your body is real? And you go back and forth and back and forth. And he's like, hmm, this is an interesting conversation. I wish I had more time to talk about it, but I have to blow up. And he's like, you don't have to. Like, just, you know, and he keeps talking to him. And then the Bomb's like, all right, I'm going to think about this further. And then goes back up. Uh, and then they all get back on the ship, and when Doolittle wants to be let back on, they open up the door, which just blasts Talby out of it, just at the speed of light, which was, which was so funny, just seeing him that was pretty funny. zip off the screen, just, alright, see you, man. Uh, Doolittle gets back on, they're like, phew, we did it, and then the bomb starts having... Uh, this talk where he's like, at the beginning, there was only darkness. It was shapeless and a void. Blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, let there be a light. And then just fucking blows up. Somehow Doolittle survives the explosion, whatever. And he's just traveling across space and he runs into Talby. Um, and then you kind of have, well, early in the movie when Talby and Doolittle were talking, he was talking about how he, he misses surfing. Doolittle misses surfing. Um he would he would love to just wax his board again. I mean, that part was like in the right setting was a good conversation in Dark Star uh in that context of Dark Star and the acting of Dark Star itself. Well, the yeah, the problem with that is that that's just like the the most limpdick attempt at giving a character any motivation or backstories. <laughs> they say, "Hey, this guy, he's like, oh, I wish I was in Malibu surfing again." And then the the culmination of that plot line is that he has an admittedly funny sequence where he surfs down on this piece of debris from the exploded <laughs> ship, and presumably to oblivion because he's going to burn up in the atmosphere, and they start playing that country song again. I really so love something. that juxtaposition too, by the way. It is it is good, but it's, it feels like almost unearned. Like this, That would have been such a memorable sequence in a better film. Yeah. And this movie just falls flat. And it's, like, has... it's an old time. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say it's like this old timey country song, and I, I really like that that juxtaposition of country songs over like sci-fi, like in Cowboy Bebop too. I think that works really well there. 
when they played that song, I, I also got excited because I thought it would be some kind of like a space western flavor type thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Nope. This is what I read comic books for, okay? Because <laughs> I'm disappointed consistently, Lucas. By these movies? By these movies. There was also another funny scene where Doolittle's recording a little message to go back to Earth, and at the end he's just like, there was an explosion and we lost all of our supply of toilet paper. That's it. Bye. And I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that was just, I, that made me laugh. I don't know why. That was pretty funny, too. And there are, like, a few kind of, like, one-off jokes like that um, that are good, but there's just not enough of them. It's a film where the jokes are spaced so far apart that mm-hmm. at times you forget it's even a comedy. And sometimes it feels like the movie doesn't even really know what it wants to be. Because it feels aimless, like it doesn't really have any sort of direction, doesn't commit to any kind of idea or anything. So it's just basically 82 minutes of stuff happening on screen that you don't have any connection to, and then it's over. Uh, did you want to talk about the uh, commander? Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's okay. Uh, they Commander Powell isn't actually dead. They have him in like a big block of ice hooked up to a machine um there's a couple like it that one's an interesting uh because that's like probably the closest thing to the horror element that they get to in this film um because he is pretty creepy looking in that block of ice with his eyes rolled up almost all the way in his head um he's funny but he's not really substantial they have him at the end of the at the end of the uh, movie, when the ship blows up, just floating out in space, saying, nah, I'm free. I can't remember what he says. But uh, yeah, he's all right. I just like when Doolittle first goes to talk to him, and, he's, and the commander's like, are the Dodgers still doing well, or <laughs> whatever? And he says the Dodgers broke up. Yep. And I was like, what? I didn't really specify when this takes place. I mean, you assume the future, but... Um, I don't know how a baseball team can break up. You know, riddle me that one. It doesn't really make sense. The team is just like we're done. They they were just they weren't working together. It wasn't them. You know, it wasn't a it good wasn't fit. Each, it wasn't each other. It was themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there isn't a whole lot to talk about in this movie, really, because that stupid alien sequence takes up like a third of it. So. There's not a lot going on, and it is an extremely short film. I'll say this, is that even though the movie is paced pretty slow, the movie didn't feel very long. It felt pretty short. Uh, (laughs) So once again, I'm going to give it that B-movie point, where I didn't enjoy (laughs) the movie that much, but because it didn't make me suffer too much, that's a point for it. Was that why the B-movie got one point? That... uh, well, I I think I subscribe to the theory that you have to have a bag of popcorn because you can't have a popcornless void. Um, it just the laws of physics don't abide by it. So there needs to be at least one bag. Yeah, that's fair enough. And the other thing is that if you have zero in your scale, you no longer have a five point scale. Really, <laughs> it's a six point six scale. And at that point, you know, make it out of six to make it clear. Uh, I I can't give it zero. I okay. can't give it zero. But okay. it's pretty damn low. I can't, you know, a B movie. I was thinking, uh, I can't think of another movie that I 
would really not like to rewatch of all the movies we've reviewed. The movie is bad and it's not good. Would you want to redo Silent Night, Deadly Night? Like to rewatch it? Like yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Here's what here's what I'm gonna do. I'll probably do this this year. I'm gonna watch the first one. Yeah. Then I'm gonna watch the second one, but I'm just gonna fast forward the parts of the movie that are just the first movie. Okay. Or if I can. Maybe some dedicated fan out there has made like a kind of super cut um, where it's just the second movie original elements and I'll watch that. The garbage day cut? The gar... Holy shit. I'm going to look that up right now. There has to be a garbage day cut of this movie. Uh, but this was like a touch. It's so it was It's so easy to do, but I'm glad that they did it where um, they said because of relativity or whatever they've been in space for 20 years um earth time but for them they've only been in space for three or what was it yeah it was 20 years and three for them yeah right and that was that was really cool yeah that was like a nice element there wasn't enough sci-fi in this movie yeah um like they're on the ship but the 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 script is more committed to having like these like quirky little jokes that you could just have in any kind of sketch comedy in this movie without really, you know, utilizing the sci-fi setting in a meaningful way. It's just a missed opportunity in that regard as well. The sci-fi just basically seems like an excuse for the cool effects they wanted to do. Yeah, and because I'm sure Carpenter is a fiend for that sci-fi. Probably. I know, I mean, he's obviously a big fan. He loves things from world another world i'm sure he grew up on it and given the opportunity to you know have a little bit of money in his pocket to make some cool effects he probably jumped at the chance yeah you want to go to bags yeah sure yeah you go first five all right that's pretty uh sounds about right i'm gonna give this two bags two bags of popcorn uh you know, it's not the worst movie ever, but it's not, it's not the worst movie ever. It's also the not the best movie ever. That's all I'll say about it. Yeah, I was just watching it and like, I mean, either five or six, honestly, but because I wasn't like terribly offended, but there was just so much wasted opportunity. That whole alien sequence kind of pissed me off, honestly. I don't, it it pissed me off too. It wasn't really funny, and it wasn't entertaining. And you know, the alien wasn't cute, or you know, I wasn't cheering for it. It was just stupid. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again, to be quite honest. I think I got pretty much everything I needed out of it. I mean, maybe one day if I'm doing a Carpenter DVD collection, I'm sure I'll buy it and watch it again. But that's that's pretty much it. I'm not going to be at my buddy's house and you know, sitting around humming and hawing what to watch, and I say, hey, let's watch dark star yeah Not a chance. <laughs> um so yes next week die hard week after that um what is it black christmas or what it is no because black christmas we're going to do the week um before before christmas which is going to be on the 23rd or not on the 23rd sorry that's uh hold on a second So we're doing Saturday, um, Black Christmas 21st, uh, Die Hard next week. So the 14th, we have one spot open. When are we doing Elf? Well, I guess that's when we'll do Elf. 
I thought we were doing Elf Week of Christmas. We could do that too, but okay, it doesn't really matter. It's just we have three, we have two spots after Die Hard uh, before Christmas. Okay, so seventh is Die Hard. Well, I guess we'll do well. We'll do Black Christmas week of Christmas, so the twenty first, and then maybe the fourteenth we'll do Elf, and then on the twenty eighth we'll do all of our. We'll do the. Christmas special episode. Sounds that sounds good to me. Okay, sweet. So yeah, that's a lineup, the whole month lineup. That's a Christmas present to you, the listener. Um, yeah. Okay, that that works. Uh, so yeah, what's new? What's new? Yeah, I'm pretty chilling. You know, quarantine. It's uh, it's. I think everyone can take lessons from last time and, and you know adapt for this time. And I'm I think I'm doing that. It's all about the new lately. Because uh, other than that, I sit at home and I uh, I've been playing a lot of video games. What you playing? I've been playing, you know, so a little bit of that Penis Three. You know how it be. <laughs> Fallout Three. The Penis Three, yeah. No Fallout Three. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been playing Fallout 3, playing through the DLC, too. You know, ain't nothing but a thing. You know, to everybody out there who says the game's not good, you don't know anything, and you're stupid. Is that, like, the black sheep of the franchise? No, it's... Here's the the franchise... Man. Okay, the thing... <laughs> Fallout 3 came out. That's, like, the first... 3D Fallout game, and then the ones before that were just like these isometric click and point and click kind of computer games. Um, oh, really? But people like, yeah. Hmm. So three is like the first one that's like a sh- first-person shooter, open-world type game, and then they made New Vegas, and people say that's the best one. I think it's pretty good, but it's not. I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't care for it as much. And then they made four, which people were like, is okay, but not really that good. And then they did 76, and that one is online multiplayer only. And then Microsoft bought the franchise. Well, they bought Bethesda mm-hmm. like a month or two ago, so the franchise is dead now. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, I like the game. Wasn't there an it app, is... too? What do you mean an app? Wasn't there a mobile game? Oh yeah, there's a Fallout Shelter. Hmm. Just like uh, that's just like a management game. It's 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 like so mediocre. It's basically like one of those games. It's like Tiny Tower, I guess, if you're into that. <laughs> I have Tiny Tower. Just, it's just like you click build a new room, and then it's like every day wake up, collect the power, collect the, and it's like what is the gameplay? Mobile games like that are bullshit. When do they stop tuning their instruments and get on with the game? Yeah, exactly, and there is no game. I don't want any kind of game where it's like I wake up, click and point to collect something, go to sleep. That's why I don't fuck with Animal Crossing, too. I can't do that. Like, don't I already work um, every day? Do I need to work more when I get home? Do you want to play RuneScape? And the game's not even appealing, like, visually. No, and RuneScape is, like, almost the epitome of that, except everything takes so fucking long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for this. 
there's so many there's so little hours in the day and there's so much to experience in life and you want me to commit hours daily to clicking and not getting anything and not <laughs> having any fun <laughs> yeah. like, get the fuck out of here never just chop down a few trees never. bro just chop down why don't you do that you play animal crossing no fuck that you, you might you might like that game I don't know what to say. It's not for me. I've seen so many little wholesome, cutesy videos about it. Like, ooh, look, I made a heart in my island. Like, I don't care. Oh, look, uh, this villager said they love me. Oh, look, I had sex with Isabel. Like, I can't take it anymore. (laughs) It's the most basic baby-ass game. Like, you know, people who say, like, Nintendo games, oh, they're for kids. You know, like, I, I, I think grown men can enjoy Mario. It's just, it feels good. It's fun to play. Animal Crossing, what are you getting out of this intellectually at all? Nothing. You're not getting anything. You're not getting anything, and you're not, like, there's nothing there. It's valueless. It's empty calories. <laughs> That's it. Besides the Fallout 3, are you playing anything? No. Hmm. What about you? TF2. Playing some TF2. I'll join you soon enough. Because yeah. I can't run it on a MacBook, unfortunately. What's a clicking? Uh, you can hear clicking? Yeah. That's my touchpad. Oh, shit. See, this is the problem with the MacBook is that even, you know, everything's loud. The fan <laughs> is loud. Dude, my fan is loud. Right, It is, like, a little loud right now just running Discord and OBS. Like, I don't know. That's Is that really intensive, though? <laughs> to record audio and to have a voice call that's really gonna run the fan i don't know why Maybe. it runs it so hard like my fan like fans are always going on my computer right like on my tower but it, it's never like there are never times where it has to go like dude when i play minecraft it's over man like it's it's loud as hell it's going full tilt for minecraft yeah, Caitlin's like laptop. I I've her MacBook. I've touched it after she's played like Minecraft for a couple hours, and holy shit, it, it gets pretty warm. You know what? Maybe maybe one day I'll get a good a good gaming PC. Maybe one day. Yeah, don't get a gaming laptop. That's such a stupid idea. But then I can play my hardcore games on the go. And then it'll just last like for. God, like two weeks, and then it's... then I'll get a new one. Ooh, I'll lend you my laptop soon, probably within the week. I don't know. We can play some TF2 together. Nice. We'll have a cop. You know what? If <laughs> we'll make a post, if and enough cop fans want to join in, we'll have a we'll have a meet and greet on TF2. How about that? <laughs> that'd I'm be down. that'd be cool. I I played with this guy a few weeks ago. And, like, he was just shitposting in the chat, and I was shitposting in the chat. And we didn't know how to add each other, and I was like, all right, man, I'll see you later. He's like, see ya. And then the other day, I figured out how to add people, and I got into a game, and I saw him. And I was like, oh, shit, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, fucking add me. I was like, all right. And now we're buddies on Steam, and we play the TF2 together sometimes. Nice. That's great to hear. It was, that's the pa- it was wholesome. That's the power of gaming. And then you one know, day I'm gonna say, "Hey man, I just gotta go for dinner. I'll be right back." And then I'll never message him again. 
hey, you know, why, why you got to bring the mood down like that? You know, <laughs> we don't, we don't got to think about those kind of things right now. <laughs> Whenever someone tells me I'm trash at TF2, I just say I'm 11 now. <laughs> I say, and they Sorry, go, oh, shit, my bad, man. <laughs> As if any 11-year-old would say, sorry, I'm 11. <laughs> like, no way. They're going to go right back at you, and they're going to say, suck my cock, bro. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. At least that's what I was doing when I was 11. I don't know about you guys. I say, yeah, it was a nice headshot. I'll give you that. But I, did I tell you about the sex I had with your mom last night? Ooh, kill them. And then when they get hit with that, it's over. <laughs> no recovery. Finished. And then I call him a hacker. And there's no recovering from that. <laughs> How many people really are hacking on TF2, though? Because it seems like a lot. Oh, there are a ton of bots. It gets really annoying some games. And they're yeah. like name copy bots, so like my tag is Scrappy, and I'll be playing, and then it'll just say in the chat like Scrappy joined the game, and I'm like, hmm, okay. No, wait a second, it's my name. <laughs> Those are so annoying because then you accidentally like kick the wrong guy. That's it's such a piss off. Like you'll have a game where like three like, um, there's a bot called like Morpheus's bot removal service or something. And it'll mm-hmm. join, and then a copy of that will join, and then a copy of that will join. And it's just, like, not fun. And then you say, like, hey, guys, can you kick their your bots? And then they're not doing it, and it's just like, oh, my God. Because, like, the sniper, um, what they do is they just get bots with aimbot just to, like, farm items, because you get items every, like, half an hour to 50 minutes. Just you're guaranteed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So they'll just have these sniper bots that just go around and head just instant headshot everybody. Um, mm. Yeah, they just kill, like the instantly as soon as they can see you, you're dead, and it's so fun. Like it's just it's not fun. I I don't rage at, in TF2 at all, except for like bots, like like not even rage. I'm just like okay, I'm not leaving spawn. Like <laughs> there's just no point in me tr- trying. What's the problem with what's the problem with online games is that if the developer dips and they're like they don't really give a fuck about yeah. maintaining servers or moderating anything, then the game just falls apart and it sucks. I'm sure. Like, do you know if there's anything bad? Not well. I guess like bad like that with the like COD or anything like that. Yeah, like Modern Warfare Two is full of hackers. It's for the older Call of Duties. That one's like, kind. Of, that one's like you know. I'll give. I mean, I'll give Valve credit for having like servers up like thirteen years later, um, but that's because you know they haven't made a new game. Not Didn't they make like, Half Life Three? They made a VR Half Life game, just not that that came out this year, and it was like apparently it was pretty good. Like, you know, it's a good VR game, but like, can we get a real game or? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, are you done dicking around? Like, you know, have fun's fun, but, you know, get back to work. VR, to me, just seems like pure gimmick. Um, That's what... You know what? One day VR will be good, but it's just right now, it's, first of all, so expensive. Um, It's not that user-friendly at the moment, uh, and there aren't enough games. And why would you get a set if 
and not play games or at least good games. So, do you guys sell any VR stuff at your work? Uh, like PSVR, but that's it. And PSVR, it's kind of shitty because the resolution on sucks. Does it? Sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Like we, when you play VR, what do you want to do? Get immersed. So when there's pixels on right in front of your face. <laughs> You're not getting immersed anymore. Okay, you're demersed. That's what happens. It's not worth it. Alright, I think that about wraps it up. The next week, Die Hard, it's going to be a good episode. Yep. And and then uh, after that, we're going to be looking at Elf. And then Black Christmas, or we might swap that order. doesn't really matter. doesn't matter. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Sleep tight. Don't let the big... Oh, fuck. <laughs>